Hi everybody, Loretta Chella here. I am so excited, um, moved, inspired. I could put so many adjectives to what you're about to hear. Um, I might have a conversation with a woman named Leanne who I met in a workshop that I did not too long ago. Um, and she's gonna tell us the truth, how she found her light in the world, moving from a place of despair, darkness, anger, frustration, um, and a disconnection from self into deep self-love and compassion and finding her calling in her path. For those of you who are in this state right now um, are in a state of wanting and receiving a different way of looking at the world because you're feeling some anxiety, depression, overwhelm, I highly recommend you connect to and listen to this 42, 43 minute podcast. And if you're working with people in mental health um, or have people in your life who have or are currently experiencing mental health or emotional health uh, challenges, issues, or situations, please listen and um, take this as a possibility for a new beginning. Hello, Loretta. Hi, Leanne. How are you? Good. How's your morning going? Pretty good. Pretty chilled out, relaxed. Yeah. Everybody, um, I'd like to introduce you to Leanne. Now, normally what we have is we have conversations with women who are professionals in the field or doing some amazing things and they have a following or they have um, a story that's out there in the world. And today it's going to be kind of different and I'm super excited about it because we're going to move into a new space and we're going to go into about connecting with your truth. Now, so many of you are sitting at home right now and well, you're sitting at home right now <laughs> because we need to stay at home. And for those of you who are not staying at home, I encourage you to stay at home. And here's a great opportunity to get something that will be meaningful to you um, and to our world. And so I'm bringing Leanne, who I actually don't know much about at all, uh, into this podcast because she has a story um, about finding truth, connecting to a spiritual awakening. And we're all going to find out about what that is together. So Leanne, thank you for taking the risk of sharing your story, of sharing your learnings, and about providing some hope and inspiration and some possibilities for somebody else. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be able to, actually. So, And so how do you feel about it? So let's just start at the very beginning. How are you feeling about kind of opening up the door to sharing what your experiences are or have been? Well, I'm, I, I spent my life being an open book. Mm-hmm. not always to the, to my, um, advantage. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody needs to know my every feeling. Yes. Um, so, but this situation, this spiritual awakening that I experienced has really made me settle down. Um, really made me go inside and just be quiet. And then I didn't need to tell everybody everything because I just, I I was sitting with it myself. So it was a neat, almost life experiment or something of like, oh, they don't need to know what's going on in my head right now because I don't know what's going on in my head right now, you know? So it was just kind of neat that I got to sit with it. And, um, and now it just feels like it's a little bit, it's, you know, kind of formulated. I kind of have a, grasp of it and now I know of so other so many other people who are can't figure out 
what's going on in their head. I'm like, maybe I have some answers for you. <laughs> you know, maybe I can give you some insight into what to do or how to get through this. You know, people that have depression or anxiety because I've been through it. So amazing. So this is, I mean, thing, I think this is a really powerful time because there's a lot of people sitting at home right now and for the first time, um, sitting still. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and sitting still, what happens is when we sit still, we show up mm-hmm. and we show up in ways that we maybe have, have been avoiding before by being out, being social, taking on activities, going to work, taking classes, you know, everything that people do to not be with themselves. And so what I'm hearing from you is that learning of being with yourself and being in the experience. So how did it come about? So maybe we can start there. How did, how did this awakening or this discovery that you don't need to share everything that you can share just the more maybe pertinent pieces. And I'm sure there's some other learnings that we'll get into later, but how did, how did it come about? Well, I was in the glorious sunshine coast. I had moved there for a job for a, like a four month contract. And I was living in Calgary and I was like, yeah, I'll go to the sunshine coast for the summer for sure. You know, and that's where the magic happened. And it wasn't beautiful or flower filled or good or nice or anything. I mean, Gibson's was, but my experience, kind of the breakdown, what would medically be defined as a mental breakdown was actually a spiritual awakening. And I didn't know it was a spiritual awakening for a couple of years later. I, mm-hmm. I spent two years thinking, oh, I had a mental breakdown. And I kind of attached myself to that definition of not being like, oh, I'm so brave, but just like, oh, this terrible thing happened to me. When in reality, it was this beautiful portal into another world. So, but what, how it kind of manifested was through, uh, I was angry and I was outspoken and I told people what I thought of them with no hold barred and almost no conscience of it or something. And I just thought I was right. My opinion was right. And I was just like, like a bull in a china shop going through life. And it wasn't working for me. And I knew it wasn't working for me, but I still kept going. So Hmm. just it kind of all caught up to me. And now this is like two decades of, of not dealing with a major trauma. This is what 20 years of not dealing with a major trauma all came to a head in 2016. And, um, I, I was suicidal. Sorry, I just got dark. I wasn't actually going to share that part. No, I no. That, I mean, I just had conversations with client, a client this morning who has been suicidal for the last three weeks yeah. and walking them through this process because it's coming up for yes. people. So although it's dark, it's actually not dark because this is, this is the truth of what people are experiencing. And I think bringing light to it is really important. So thank you mm-hmm. for actually bringing yeah. that up. So, and I'm here, I was living in paradise. I mean, you live in paradise. You live in Gibson's. You live in paradise. You know the magic of that place. And Mm -hmm. I, and I knew it and I was still having this terrible time. And I just, it was a Thursday night and I sat on my couch and I was like, all right, I can't do this anymore. Whatever Mm -hmm. this is, I can't do this. And I made a plan and I went to work on Friday and I cleared out my computer of anything that was like, you know, personal or anything like that. And 
I um, was sitting at my desk and the peace that had come over me since Thursday night was just beautiful. And then about two o'clock in the afternoon, I was like, oh no, this is this peace. This is terrifying me. So I called my sister who lives in Connecticut and I was like, Hey, you you can't do anything to help me right now because you're a few thousand miles away. But this is what's happening. And she said, I need you to go to the hospital right now. And I said, well, I can't leave work. She's like, yes, you can. But anyway, I didn't leave work. Um, but I did go to the hospital in Seashells after work. And um, I was like, yeah, I'm I'm in danger. I'm I'm in grave danger. So anyway, they were amazing, walked me through it, talked me through it. And um, so I went back the next week to a psychiatrist and like they put me on this myriad of pharmaceuticals that didn't help me, made me worse, made me, um, I fainted all the time and I slept 18 hours a day. And so long story, I mean, it was take me two days to tell the whole story. But one day I had, I had kind of just had enough of not being better. And this is a year later, like this was a year of just the first year was kind of just sitting there like, okay, I'm not, I'm alive. I didn't follow through with that. So I'm alive. And it was kind of just like settling in, like almost like resting my, on my rails of, oh, I didn't kill myself. Right. But then I had to now take the next step into actually healing, actually getting better. And, uh, you know, I got my PhD and I weaned myself off my drugs. <laughs> Don't ever do that. Please go to the doctor to do that. But I did it like, and I did it very slowly, but I didn't, that wasn't the right thing to do. But you know what? When the last drug left my system, literally in a moment, sitting on my couch, sitting on my armchair, a veil lifted off my eyes. It was amazing. And I saw this whole, like my life was now almost like I put a pair of glasses on. And then the flood of remorse came in of all the things I had done with no consequence, like feeling no consequences. So, and I had, cause I had started yoga about three months before and so that changed my life. Yoga changed my life. So it was just this huge, the learning, the, the healing curve, it's, it's not instant. It's not linear. It takes a long time. And there's what can be perceived as setbacks, which are just, they're not setbacks. They're just launching pads to, to go deeper into whatever you need to, to heal from. So, and then I started going to EFT, which is much like the breath work we did last night. It's quite a similar uh, energy release. Awesome. And um, so it's been a really long, you know, it's been almost four years. It's been three and a half years since that happened. Um, mm -hmm. But the progress like that I feel every day, it's just, it's a miracle. And the reason and I've had bad days, like just two days ago, I had two bad days, but the beauty of the healing is that I know it's not forever and I'm not afraid of my bad days anymore. They're just, they're just bad days. Right. And, 
and they're no fun. I'm not pretending, but I'm not, a, I'm not as terrified. I used to be terrified of my depression because I didn't know when it was going to hit and I didn't know how deep it was going to go. And I didn't know how long it was going to stick around. And now I'm like, no, I, I actually have control over this. I get to narrate this. So it's been such an interesting journey. And then meditating, that changed my life completely, completely changed my life. So, so I get, can I, can I, I just want, I want to pause here for a moment because I think this is really important and it's, it's so fascinating to me that I, you know, fascinating, not fascinating that I had a conversation this morning um, with somebody who literally found themselves on the edge of a cliff holding onto oh. a tree. And so um, I'm, I'm, I was, you know, and I'm very, I've been doing this work for a long time. And so stories for me are something that I do not attach to, but I'm also compassionate and present mm-hmm. to them. And so this is, a, this is real. This is, um, for those of you who are listening, this is real. This is really important. Um, this is for you, or it might be for a loved one. Okay. So this is coming in very clear mm-hmm. for me. And what I'm hearing you say, Leanne, is like, you had this experience. And there's a couple of questions I have for you in that. One is you, first you made a choice. Mm-hmm right? So you called somebody. What was the, the prompter? Because a lot of people don't. Right. So what was the prompter to actually picking up the phone or actually going to the hospital when in fact, most people don't? Well, and then they're a fear of it, right? They're ashamed of it. And so they don't right. talk about it. So what kind of brought me, cause I hadn't felt peace in decades and all of a sudden mm-hmm. I, I have complete and utter peace. I have never felt this calm in my memory. And I was like, mm. wait a second. This isn't cool. I'm not feeling calm for a good reason. So, and it, it snapped me. Like, I got, I got terrified of it. And then the reason I called my sister is that she's my most trusted human on earth. <laughs> Would be the reason. Um, and yeah. I, I felt bad calling her because she's so far away. I mean, she couldn't really physically do anything um and she's just she was incredibly safe for me she would never judge me she would never be like oh don't be so foolish like you have a great life you know she was she's she's my ride or die (laughs) so yeah I knew that if I called her it would be met with compassion um and then yeah I went to the hospital because I didn't want to die it turns out I didn't want to die and so that's the difference, right? And so when you when you're reaching out to somebody, and I and I can think of a myriad of people that I you know that I know that have gone through this, reaching out to somebody who you know is going to be compassionate mm-hmm. will meet the inner child's needs of being huh. heard. And so with that, it gives you permission to care for yourself mm-hmm. differently. Oftentimes what happens is we want proof that we are not good enough or that we're not capable or whatever it is that's going on. And so we'll phone somebody who's not going to give us Uh. that response. And then as a result of that, we spiral. So I think this is really, really important is that if you know somebody in this place or you are in this place or you're a professional who works with people who are, you know, is really encouraging the need to be heard and finding that compassionate space. And then with that, then you go, okay, then I don't want to die, or I do can see something different, or there are other possibilities. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for sharing that, because I think it's so important. And I, 
I didn't want to interject too much on, on the story and the trajectory of the, of the spiritual mm-hmm. awakening. And I wanted to ensure that mm-hmm. we we're, you know, mm-hmm. going through that. So, so you had this awakening, you, you went through the process Again, she was saying, remember, don't take, get your own PhD, <laughs> um, get a doctor's support for, you know, cause there are, there are some types of, especially if people have medical okay. uh, challenges uh, or issues, there could be consequences with self-weaning. So being mindful of that. Um, but then you, you went through the process, the veil lifted off, you started to engage in yoga and finding, you know, obviously power in the breath mm-hmm. and the movement um, and, and found EFT, which a lot of people use and find very useful to, um, to shift their mm-hmm. neural pathways, very powerful work. And then it started to experience something different. Yes. Um, I now it's, it's so interesting because we still go through the same feelings, right? Mm-hmm. But now I see them from a different angle. Like, it's so cool that I will have the same thing happen to me that happened, I don't know, an incident that maybe happened five years ago that I would lose my mind or I would spiral. And now I'm like, I see it from this totally different angle. And I get to react differently. I get to react different. And in reacting different, I get to see that I reacted different and know how much I'm progressing. And it gives me that much more confidence to keep progressing, right? Because it's working. Yeah. And the difference is, is that, you know, what I'm hearing from you is that rather than being in it, exactly. you're witnessing yes. it. Yeah. Right. So you're able to, and that's the beauty mm-hmm. of EFT um, and, and other types of, of breath work or whatever it is, the therapy that is um, your drug of choice. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Is, is there's a freedom in that where I don't, I'm not in the emotion. I am experiencing exactly. it. Right. So even like, I mean, I got education up the yin yang. I got spiritual awakenings of the yin yang. I still get bad days. Right. And the difference is, is I, I can have a choice and I I hear that in you too. It's like, Mm -hmm. you get a choice rather than being a prisoner to the experience. You get to be a participant of healing the experience, witnessing the experiencing. And then as a result, your confidence builds. Now I forgot to tell you something that was it's to me, it's kind of pivotal in this, in my, in my story, I'm doing air quotes right now. Um, when that night that I'd made the plan, I was kind of, or sorry, the day that I called my sister, um, I had pictured all my bins, all my Rubbermaid bins in my kitchen, all, all, uh, labeled charity, mom and dad, da, 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 Reno, that I had, that's what I was going to do that weekend. And after I called my sister and all that went down, I had another vision and it was, me, like as a form, a human form that dissolved into ash and out of the ash was a, was a, a sprig. Is that the right word? A sprig, like a, a new flower. Mm-hmm. And that was my vision. Isn't that powerful? Mm. And I still it like, and I didn't, it wasn't until I went to EFT that, or uh, acupuncture, I think my, I was like, I don't think I had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> she said, no, that was a spiritual awakening. I was like, oh, good. <laughs> so, um, but it was really like that imagery of the new, the new growth has really been um, kind of my anchor when I'm having, when I do have mm-hmm. bad days as well. So I just wanted to, I forgot to add that in there. Yeah. And I think, you know, we do, uh, it's funny. I was just talking to somebody the other day, a client of mine, 
and she was on her way to vacation. This was before cur- the, the virus, the coronavirus came out, or I shouldn't say came out, that we, it became yeah. a, a pandemic. And she was about to go on vacation. And for whatever reason, she had this um, vision of packing extra disinfectant oh. <laughs> and um, sterile gloves and something else and she's like this is really weird and so anyways so she's like okay fine like and it was really strong like it just kept this 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 image kept coming to her so anyway so she's got three kids two or three kids her and her husband parents whatever else they're all going so she just packs these extra disinfectants and these gloves um and then literally three days into the vacation everything comes out and they were supposed to be there for three weeks and they ended up having to call, they ended up having to come home and they had to go through the airport. And because she works in uh, an essential service job, um, she needed to make sure that she was protected. Oh so she had the gloves and the dis- right. So it's like, yeah. So when you have those visions and when we, sometimes we have them, we're like, why are we having yeah. these? These are weird. And then we reflect back on them after we've gone through the process and go, Oh, and that's why okay. it's so important to trust them and just do them. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you, in, in this experience, in this uh, awakening, in this awakening, what has it prompted you to explore or experience um, differently? Well, I now have, at 45, I now have a career that I want to embark on. I've never, this is crazy, but I've never really had a career. Um, you know, I've had jobs, but never a real career. And now I have this like big vision of what I want to do with the rest of my life. And it's clear and I'm working towards it. And um, it's, you know, it's to become an EFT practitioner and um, to be a light worker, <laughs> essentially. And um, yeah, so it's like, I believe that's my life purpose. Because there's so many people that um, that are going through what I went through. I'm not that special, right? Like, what I went through is not unique. And um, I kind of wish that I, it hadn't been a year and a bit before I found a holistic approach to it. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of, that's what I see differently now. And so why, why did you, and this is a lot of people saying, you know, why did you need this to figure it out? Like what, what do you know to be true around the block or the story? Cause this is it. People live in a story and they don't mm-hmm. realize they're living in a story. Right. So, so what was the story or what was it that allowed you to keep the status quo going? Cause you mentioned mm-hmm. like you were angry, you were outspoken, you were, you know, what, what allowed you to keep that, that, that story going that you didn't feel the need to interrupt it. I didn't know any other way. I know that sounds crazy, but I just thought that's who I was. That's who I was told I was since I remember I was loud. I was hard to get along with. I was angry. I was obnoxious. I was all these things. And I just thought, well, that's who I am. This is how I have to live my life. And it's not true. <laughs> so, 
So interesting. So the same conversation I had, so this, I think the parallels to this are beautiful. Uh, the same conversation I, I, this morning, what I heard over and over again from this individual, this client mm-hmm. was that's just who I am. And, and so if you are finding, so you had patterns, did anybody ever tell you that maybe there might be some challenges with how you were showing up in the world? Uh, yeah, but it wasn't compassionately told. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, there, there was no, and I don't think it's, I, I'm certainly not blaming anybody because we're all doing the best we can with what we got. Right. So I'm not, that's right. I yeah. am not dissing anybody who is in my life whatsoever. Um, but there was never, uh, Hey Leanne, why don't we try this approach? You know, it was, Hey, you're fired or you're cut off out of my life. And then that just kind of cycled through another anger, another, oh, I'm not good enough. You know, it just, I, I was just, I was like, I was in this spin cycle of a washing machine that wouldn't stop. <laughs> and so here's, so here's, so this is another learning opportunity for everybody. If you have somebody in your life who is showing up out of an anger in abruptness, and I don't know what the descriptors is that you would want to put to that, mm-hmm. right? I'm just kind of using your words here. How do you, how would you, how would have you wanted somebody? So what I'm trying to get is maybe we can help people here without getting to the, to the point where you got to, right? So I have a firm belief in my life experiences and my professional experiences that we are given um, opportunities mm-hmm. to shift and change. And when we're not listening, the universe will make us listen. Yes. Right. And so if we can help somebody to maybe not have come to a point where they need the universe to mm-hmm. fully step in, right. Everybody's on their own plan. So we can't actually necessarily interject that. But if somebody has somebody who's like really abrupt and they're finding them really challenging to be around, what would be your advice to them about how they could communicate with that person to help them to shift or to acknowledge or to see the behaviors in which that are triggering them? Well, you're, I would say just a little bit at a time because that's all that's going to work. Because I'm sure there were people Mm -hmm. in my life that tried and I wasn't, I was not in that plane. I was on such, like, I was, had such blinders on that um, I wasn't listening. I don't think I would have been listening, to be totally honest. So when I see somebody now <clears throat> that kind of is, are exhibiting behaviors that maybe, you know, life would be easier if they changed them, um, it's just very gentle, like, hey, um, how about this? And you just have to plant the seed sometimes. And sometimes it takes a little while to germinate, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah. just that's all. That's all. It's just little bits at a time, I think, be, because I un, unless what would have worked for me was somebody taking me, in, you know, aside and being like, hey, <laughs> you've got to do a 180 here or that cliff that's over there you're going to just not know you're running off it, you know? So, um, yeah, I think that would be my advice is just be gentle, be gentle, but persistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I think that's wonderful advice to give somebody. And I think that, you know, we, we know scientifically that we need about seven hear a message seven oh, times before we that actually ex- hear that it. That explains a lot. Um, <laughs> 
And so we, in order for us to really step into a different knowing, we have to hear, and it has to be different ways. So it might be from one person or another person, but never underestimate the power of Mm -hmm. your single voice and your, what you can influence or support somebody with. Right. I think it's so important to, to, to acknowledge that, that if you've been trying with somebody, um, you've been trying to support somebody to shift and they're not willing to shift. That doesn't mean that they're not getting what you're saying or that they will eventually get. I've had people come to me, you know, years later, like six years later and said, I just want to thank you for right. sharing that uh-huh. one. And they could quote me on it, quote me on it and say, when you said this to me, I know I didn't hear it then, but it sure stuck with me because it right. made me super angry. And then when I found this, that is what resonated amazing because it's so true it does spark anger because it's the truth we don't want to face yeah oh that's That's so cool i love that yeah yeah Yeah. there's so many cool things around that okay so let's talk about this juiciness of spiritual awakening here (laughs) because i think this is so this is so important so thank Mm -hmm. you for the vulnerability and the trust in, in bringing this uh, thank you for sharing what you come out with, because I think that's really powerful, is that we, when we do the right steps, when we are disciplined, when we appreciate mm-hmm. what we are experiencing and show up compassionately yes, for that's... ourselves, we're sometimes very good at doing it with other people, yeah. but not no, with I ourselves. I think that's number one, right? You have to be compassionate with every emotion that comes to you, because they all belong. Your fear belongs, your anger belongs, your everything belongs. I mean, you can't spend all day on your fear, but you have to acknowledge it's there. Right. So we have to, we have to be kind to ourselves, like speak to yourself the way you're going to speak to your little baby sister, basically. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's really important is that when we, when we acknowledge, so oftentimes when we're wounded, we're Mm -hmm. wounded from a childlike Mm -hmm. place. Right. So that three-year-old, that five-year-old, that seven-year-old, whoever it is, will step up and, and, and loudly, right? So they might be sad, angry, grieving, disappointed, rejected, abandoned, whatever it is that they might be. And so how we speak to ourselves in a state of trauma or in a state, I'll use the word trauma because I think it is trauma, right? is really important in that gentleness. And that is often the hardest work that we can do. We can do it for somebody exterior to us, right? We would never yell at a seven-year-old and say, I'm sorry, you got bullied at school. Now go do your homework. (laughs) Right? Um, We would say, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Let's talk about, can I give you a hug? Can I rub your back? Can I, what what can can we do to make, you know, a special moment for you right now, right? And we would sit there and we would listen and we would cry with them and we'd be present to them. This is yes, what it takes to absolutely. heal. Right. And it's really, really powerful when we do do that because the level of awareness that we become, the le- level of spiritual connection that we have mm-hmm. evolves and grows very deeply and, and, prof- and, and, and almost instantaneously yes. when we yeah, start no, to do it's this so work. Cool. Some days I'll have three breakthroughs and I am at my journal mad, like a madman yeah. already. And then other days it's like, sometimes it's three weeks. I'm like, Oh, nothing cool happened. <laughs> you know, when, when reality every day is something cool happens, but it's, it's beautiful. It's such a beautiful, incredible, I don't want to overuse the word, but it's journey. It is. It's a journey and it's so fascinating. So 
So in that, in that fascination and in that awareness, so what do you have now that you didn't oh, have before? That's a good question. I have, I have peace. That's not terrifying. I have a, such a broader view of myself, of the world around me. I'm way more compassionate to every human I meet. It's really cool. I don't like, I'm, I mean, I, whatever, I still judge every now and then. But I have become 99% less judgmental. Just because I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't know their story. I, th I think of all the times that I was a terrible human. And people were compassionate with, you know, like whatever, like people in a store or wherever when I was just having a really horrible day that they weren't like, hey, snap out of it when they could have, you know. So I'm just so, everybody has a story and I've just become so compassionate to people who are visibly having a terrible day because I'm like oh I've been there I'm sorry I'm sending you light and love <laughs> you know so I just yeah. have a bigger view I think is the is, would be the bottom line to that yeah and that bigger view that expansion of uh, the expansion mm -hmm. it just creates possibilities right rather being locked into a certain mm -hmm. way of seeing or being in the world and when we do that, we actually breed inspiring ideas. We actually get acquainted with what our path is. We, you know, what I hear you saying is like, mm -hmm. I didn't have a career for 45 years and, and I was jumping from, you know, had different jobs and stuff, but now I like, I have yeah. a path and I feel excited and inspired to follow this path yeah. so that I can be of greater service. Right. And so, you know, for those of you who are service, mostly women, you know, and, and it's not to negate men, but mostly women are very service orientated. Or if you're higher in your feminine energy, mm -hmm. you're service orientated. However, if we're not service to ourselves first, we have a hard time holding that yeah. space. Right. And so what I'm hearing also from you is that you mm -hmm. found a space to hold for yourself you know, and, and that was indicative. We're like, we had planned to do this yesterday yeah. and you're like, actually, I need another <laughs> yeah. day. Right? right. Can we, can I, can I have another day? Yeah, sure. We can totally have another day. That healthy boundary setting and acknowledging where we are in the present state is so important and so, um, valuable, not only to ourselves, yes, but exactly. in those yeah. that we encounter. Right. Anything else that you, you have now that you, maybe you didn't have before it, understanding and awareness, this, whatever yeah, it might be. Um, I love myself. That's what I have. And I never oh. did. Yeah. And now I do. And it's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And, and, and I think it's a really powerful testament to the work mm -hmm. that you've put into it you know and I obviously I only know what you're telling me right now but I imagine there was a number of other things that you did yeah and that you had to go through and days that were didn't feel like keeping doing the work and that it's easier to go yeah. backwards than to you know and days that you did go backwards then you're like oh then I just need to go backwards yeah. more because going forward now is 10 times harder because now I have to you know yeah. And just trusting that process. Right. So I, I really commend you on that because most people find that mm -hmm. extremely challenging 
Is there any other resources that you didn't mention that were really useful for you in this process okay, of I'm gonna, coming into your I'm going to list kind of chronologically what I did, if that's okay. So I first started yoga. Yeah. Um, then I did neurofeedback. Do you know what that is? I'm just, of, course you, of course you know what that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I went to uh, talk therapy, like a therapist. Mm-hmm. She was really good. She was quite holistic as yeah. well. And then I did acupuncture. This is all like simultaneous yeah. and inter like interlaced here. Um, and then I started EFT mm-hmm. and, um, so EFT is kind of the last major thing. Like the EFT is what, is what cured me. <laughs> That's not the right word, but you know what I mean? EFT was my, okay, this is it. This yeah. is my thing. Um, but of course doing yoga, I do yoga like six days a week. Um, but also the books, the books I want to share with the world, the books that have changed my life. Um, Gabby Bernstein, The Universe Has Your Back. Um, mm-hmm. Atomic Habits one. by James Clear. Um, mm-hmm. And You Can Heal Your Life, Louise Hay. That is, I have that on audiobook and in paperback. But on audiobook, it's kind of just on repeat. <laughs> it's, it's. Yeah, so those are and the three it, at the moment. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, that um, that I can think of off the top of my head that have completely, w- with everything else I did, has has put me on the right path. Mm. Amazing. So uh-huh. thank you for sharing that. Because I think resources are always important. Always important that if right. one thing is not working, it's yeah. not the end of the world. Try something else. We have lots of different types of ways for healing, which is the beautiful, like even just me coming into breath work in the last few months. I mean, I've been doing it for a few years, but it's mm-hmm. always been kind of the same thing. And then I went to somebody else's mm-hmm. class, which breath work was totally different. And, um, and I realized, oh yeah, that kind of works for me, but that doesn't work for me. And does it mean that I'm not going to do that type of breath work? No, it just means that right. that's not the primary one that I go to. And so we have in, in the exploration, yeah, we find and what in, lands for as us well, the most. In that exploration, like neurofeedback did wonders for me, but I just didn't need it once I got mm-hmm. the EFT kind of thing, you know? So it's just this, it's a really neat, yeah. uh, like these stepping stones into what works for you. And it's like, it just makes up the mosaic of this amazing healing. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, what do you love most about EFT? Um, That it gets right to the root. It's not like, and I am, Mm -hmm. I've talk therapy is amazing, obviously, but there's no, like, it's like, like, it's so much like the breath work we did last night. Like it is instant. The energy, the bad energy yeah. leaving your body and the new neuropathways being formed are instant. It's, and there's things that I've had for 40 years that within an hour EFT, I've never heard from again. That's a miracle, right? Now, there's some things like I've had to it do is pretty three miracle. sessions of yeah. tapping on. So it's not like, you know, it's not always instant. But the fact that some things are instant is mind-blowing to me, that I've been carrying around this pain yeah. and these stories for decades, and now they're not my story anymore. It's, I got to hand them off. Like it was, it's, it's just incredible. <laughs> yeah. That is so wonderful. And so when you, know, you um, have you done your I certification for it yet? I just moved back to yeah? Vancouver in January. 
Yeah. And you know, 2020 has not been an ideal year for anyone. <laughs> so mm-hmm. as soon as everything settles down, <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> um, I will be, well, I'm currently looking into going to school for it, but um, it might even be in Montreal. And so I just don't know where I'm going to do it, but it's definitely in the very near future that I will get my certification. So when you do get your certification, you're going to tell me Absolutely. and then we are Absolutely. going to get that up. Because in the tree, right? you need like yeah. something awesome. crazy, like six practice patients. I'm like, I don't know six people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, awesome. we will get you, we'll get you connected with some people that can actually, that will, you know, and I think that, you know, as a practitioner, like jumping into things, people are like, it's so funny when mm-hmm. I did my training, I'm, I'm a jumper. So yeah, yeah, uh, totally. if I get something and I get excited, I go there's no hesitation. Yeah. There's no like, let's just do this. Oh, absolutely. And if it fails, like just, just learn from it. Right. This is, just, <laughs> this is just how we go for things. So anyways, so I literally within less than 24 hours after I did my training, I, I contacted three people and said, actually, before I'd even finished the training on the weekend that I was doing, I'm like, I love this stuff. And <laughs> who awesome. wants to be my first client? <laughs> right. And then literally the day that I, the next That's day amazing. after I finished That's my so training, cool. I had my first client. And so this is like when you're in the energy and the, in the flow. So this is the other piece that I think is really important because we're going to wrap up this call. But when you get this awakening, when you get into this place, if you can hear it in Leanne's voice, I know that I can. There's a sense of inspiration and Mm -hmm. possibility and creation that happens when we are in a state of being in that place. When we have unraveled, like Matt Kahn always talks about, has been talking about this lately, is unraveling the trauma, unraveling the stories. If we start to do that work and we ask the universe, the creator, our higher self, however you want to, however you choose Allah, whoever you choose to, to connect with, when you ask for an unraveling of the story to be present to your best self, your highest self, it is incredible what shows up very instantaneously. It's a process. Like, like Leanne said, it's a journey, but instantaneously you will know when you found that calling or that space because your beam lights up. And as a result of that lighting up, what happens is then you start attracting little pieces of people and information and resources to collectively Mm -hmm. support what it is that inspires you. And this happens directly or indirectly. So when you start to do this and you start to ask for the additional support and you start to step into this space, then you line up these possibilities without even you just walk forward and the, and the energy just kind of lines up around you. And so when I listen to Leanne's story, I know when I do, this is what I hear. It's like, I surrendered, I surrendered. I came to, I surrendered. I took action. I took action. I took action. I took action. I came, I, I, I came into myself. I came into the compassion. I came into the love and mm-hmm. that veil was lifted and I could uh-huh. see differently. Right. Um, is there anything else that you might want to share before <laughs> yes, we end this I just, beautiful engagement? out there who is struggling with uh, mental health issues or coming through a spiritual awakening is there's always hope in every day, even though the days may go backwards for you. It's always a positive thing. It's happening for you, not to you. So, yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for diving into this space. And for any of you who need 
uh, some additional support and resources, um, please um, reach out. Don't do this alone. Get connected. Um, there are people in this world that are, as Leanne just said, they are willing to help and to be yeah. present to your experience to help you to move through it. So um, lots of love to you and um, have a Thanks, really Loretta. wonderful rest of your day. Okay, bye-bye.